What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside founder of MinMax, Ben Hansen. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me, sir. Honored to be here. Thank you for coming back, Ben. Like I said, most people run away. They don't. They they do this once and they're like, oh no, I won't do this again. <laughs> Blocked on Discord. <laughs> and with that, I will see you later, uh, Ben. <laughs> like I said, you are making your return here, but of course, there's been so many episodes of Kind of Funny Games Daily, more than 800. Mystic Maddox wrote in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says, "What's up, guys? Ben, I want to say first that you are the reason I tuned into in, into Game Informer's podcast, as you were a great host and an overall." entertaining guy i'll be honest with you i never knew about the min max stuff until now can you tell me and others who don't know what is min max also what about next gen excites you the most thanks for doing what you do mystic maddox oh great question thanks for writing in uh let's see yeah it's funny seeing these comments every once in a while because you think like well i think we've saturated i think we're getting our name out there and then you realize oh no it's just a sliver you know we still get Dude. people coming across to youtube and being like Wait, is it that guy from the Rapid Fire videos back at Game Informer? What is this? And it's like, yeah, we're nearly six here. years into Kind of Funny, and I still get that. And I think of like, oh, man, I haven't seen this guy since he was on IGN. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm everywhere. I'm saturated. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so MinMax, we're a Patreon about games, friends, are getting better. Uh, we just, actually this week, are celebrating our one-year anniversary. So, yes, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so last October uh, 24th, uh, we kicked things off. Uh, I left Game Informer, and... Built up MinMax with some former Game Informer folks. We've brought on new folks like Ana Diaz uh, and Leo Vader actually also came from Game Informer as well, a little bit later as well. So we've slowly been growing, adding more shows. Our main show is the MinMax show. That's our main podcast. Um, we've kind of, it seems like, become most well-known for something called The Deepest Dive, which is like our big community game club where we have the best, most thorough discussion about a game on the internet. Uh, and so, like, the Final Fantasy VII Remake one was big for us, Last of Us Part Two. It turns out people are just hungry for incredibly in-depth discussion so we talked Who would have about thought? i know it's amazing but like we talked about final fantasy 7 remake for i think it was over 14 hours jesus and it's fun man it is so much fun <laughs> to have hundreds of people playing along with you with this game club and writing in is going into every specific detail the last of us part two one was so much fun and then neil Druckmann apparently watched it and folks at naughty dog which is just you know heart melting that they'd find this series so that's been great and we just launched a new one our first cross media deepest dive on the thing so going Ooh. through every variation and version of the thing starting with the original story from 1938 so it's a blast now that's what you guys might be best known for in the you know the corners of the internet but one of the cool things you're doing right now is a documentary right you guys just launched trailheads the oregon trails origins documentary tell me about that Yes, yes. So this is going way back. I was working on this documentary back before even I started at Game Informer. Actually, wow. putting together a trailer for this documentary is the reason that I was hired at Game Informer. But then when I was at Game Informer, I'm like, well, I don't want to finish it now because I don't want to just hand it over to GameStop. Yeah, you, big... you don't want them to own it, right? Yeah, no, I know that well. <laughs> right? And so, uh, yeah, so I'm happy to now release it independently. Um, so it is the origin story of the Oregon Trail, a game I'm sure a lot of people played in school or familiar with it. Um, but the roots go back so much further than people realize. Like, it actually was developed originally as a college project in 1971. Yeah, by three uh, teachers that put this thing together. And then it got turned over by one of those folks to the state of Minnesota who owned the organization called MECC, M-E-C-C. That was at the start of a lot of those educational games. And so then that ballooned MECC into a big company that was eventually sold for $125 million. So it's uh, a fun piece of video game history just to uncover where this whole thing started. And you look back at like the gaming landscape in 1971, you realize... Yeah, the Oregon Trail is a really brilliant piece of game design. Even back then, when it was all on the teletype, so a computer with no screen whatsoever, it was just a typewriter, you know? Yeah. Um, but you realize that, like, this is almost a roguelike nine years before Rogue was invented. Like, it was a, <laughs> you know, you keep coming into this pun, but it was a real pioneer in so many different aspects, and people just see it as the cute little game that I guess I played in school. But going back to its origins, it's really a trailblazing game. It's wild. I love watching it and listening to the original designers talk about like, yeah, we had our home run right out of the gate and I'm still searching for one. <laughs> like I'm still searching for another hit. We're like one hit wonders and we did that. And it's like, oh, okay, we'll never top that. Yeah, they're so sweet. And, you know, the fact that they didn't get any money for this game, they just, it was a Crazy. student project and it was handed over, but they've all kind of made peace with that, you know, and they realize yeah. like, oh, crazy to be associated with the Oregon Trail, but 
we can live with this. And so releasing this documentary, it was tough to be like, well, we should do something with it. Do we partner with a charity drive for the original creators? That'd be a weird message when in the documentary, they're like, you know, money isn't the end of the world. We're fine. <laughs> uh, so we decided to bundle it with a charity drive for New Vision Foundation, which is an immigrant-led nonprofit here in Minnesota. And their mission is to teach kids how to code in Minnesota um, to help decrease the racial income disparity in Minnesota because it's a... I love the state a lot, but that uh, is a real weak spot, as you probably yeah. heard within the last year. Um, and so that's the mission of New Vision Foundation. So if you go to givemn.org slash Oregon Trail, um, you can donate to help support New Vision Foundation and teach a new generation how to code. That's awesome. Of course, youtube.com slash minmax to get it, uh, see all your videos and stuff like that. I made a short link straight to the documentary as well, kindoffunny.com slash Oregon Trail. You go to any of these links, you're going to see the documentary. You're going to find out how to donate, but just to make it as easy as possible for anyone out there, you want to make sure they remember one of these URLs. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for the support, Greg. That was really nice that you tweeted out and made a custom URL for us. I'm flattered. Hey, man. That's what it's all about. I, well, you know, I hate it when I, I shouldn't say I, I hate it. I understand it. I've done it a million times too, but when it's just a garbled giant link or whatever, or even when it's a bitly and it's like intercapped or whatever, it's just easier. Yeah. I feel if I know you know, already know one of the URLs, here's the rest of the thing you can slap on I, the end of it. I don't want to take anything away from what he did for you guys, but like he makes custom URLs just it's not a problem. They're free, for Kevin. Him. It's they're free. Problem, you know what I mean? If you'd like to, you can go to kevinthebuggersucker.com right now and go. see where that takes there you as go. well. Uh, but enough about all these custom URLs. We have a lot of video game news to talk about. AOC is AOC rules Twitch. Twitch bans videos, but these aren't interconnected. And Fortnite is adding the Ghostbusters. We're going to get into all of this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over there, you can ask us questions, give us your comments, your concerns, squad up requests, and so much more. Plus, you can get the show ad-free. You can get to be a Patreon producer. You can get the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. However, if you no know box toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames over there if you're watching live, just like the nanobiologist is, Lexi Gunner is, John BX32 is. You have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Uh, housekeeping for you today uh don't forget ladies and gentlemen extra life is right around the corner november 7th saturday november 7th we will be doing our annual charity fundraising for extra life and the children's miracle network uh it will be a 12-hour stream this year uh, of course uh you can catch it all on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh saturday november 7th well into the evening where i'm sure some drinks will be consumed and nick will say questionable things uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis Makes, a.k.a. at James Davis Makes, Blackjack, and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Old Spice, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. Number one, if you somehow were under a rock last night, AOC rules the world, took Twitch by storm, and dominated it. We're going to read from Polygon where Nicole Carpenter writes, On Monday, U.S. House Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat, and why, uh, tweeted about streaming the hit game Among Us, asking her followers if anyone wanted to play it with her. By Tuesday night, she'd wrangled a group of high-profile streamers and amassed streaming equipment so she could broadcast it all live on Twitch from her own Twitch channel. The goal? To encourage people to vote in the 2020 election, specifically calling out the DNC's voter participation site, IWillVote.com. Playing alongside AOC were U.S. Rep. Uh, Ilhan Omar, Democrat, Minnesota. Hey, Ben! Ooh, that's yeah. my congresswoman, yeah! <laughs> and popular streamers like Pokimane, Dr. Lupo, and Hassan Abi. Uh, the stream quickly racked up viewers, reaching a peak concurrent viewer count of 435,000, a Twitch spokesperson confirmed to Polygon. AOC's debut Among Us stream is now within the top five most viewed individual streams in Twitch, Twitch's history. For reference, the top spot is held by Canadian musician Drake and Fortnite streamer uh, Ninja, whose stream uh, had a record uh, of 635,000 viewers. 
What AOC's number doesn't account for, however, is the combined total viewers. People were watching the broadcast via AOC's Twitch channel, but tens of thousands were also watching through her guest channels on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Quote, it's great to see continued interest in engaging the Twitch community to get out and vote, get out the vote and discuss important issues, a Twix, Twitch spokesperson told Polygon. People on Twitch show up for the, co- the causes and interests they care about, and that was clear last night. Ben, did you engage with the AOC stream last night? Yeah, I watched a bit of it live, watched like the first game live, and then went back to the archive this morning to catch up on stuff. Uh, just amazing. It reminds me of like that core idea of live streaming that maybe we've gotten a little bit away from, but just seeing people that you know, and seeing them in a new light. You know, it's yeah. so fascinating to see this raw look at both Ilhan Omar and also, you know, AOC, just seeing them troubleshooting at the start of the video, totally, trying yeah, to yeah. understand the rules of the game. It's just fascinating to see people from the government from this perspective. Well, I think, you know, it's something that, and I don't, I mean, I don't, want to get political not because i haven't been political obviously vote for joe biden everybody but like i'm saying just because that's i don't know if that's 100 percent about it but what's interesting is this move that i thought we would have seen more of after trump got elected where the reason i thought at the time and i do think in general that trump was able to win the election in 2016 was able to do this is that he was definitively i'm not a career politician i'm this guy and i'm gonna say right. whatever the fuck i want i'm gonna do whatever the fuck and it's like that obviously has a whole host of problems, but it was this idea of someone finally being like, no, I'm not this template politician. And so to get here and see AOC's rise at the same time, she's done the exact same thing in a different way. Of Still, I'll say whatever the fuck I want, but yeah, I'm going to play video games and yeah, I'm going to talk about Animal Crossing and yes, I'm going to Instagram Q&A and do all these different things. I think the fact that her office isn't as big as the entire country means that you don't see it necessarily in that same light, but... As you continue to move forward, this is what I want out of all politicians is your humanity, right? And it's something you and I know so well, I think, from being games press into now YouTube influencers, podcasters, whatever you want to call us, right, of this is all about authenticity. It's about sharing all sides of yourself. If you're, a, This is what a public personality is in 2020. It's not just, you know, as much as I'm telling you to vote for Joe Biden, it's not just I love trains and ice cream. And that makes me not just a politician. It's like, well, no, you're still very much a politician, right? Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, just, you know, being a bit of a min-maxer or just familiar with games. I always am obsessed with politics and trying to figure out what's the best way to get a message across. And every time I see a politician, this year's a little bit different, obviously, but every time I see a politician just traveling the country, doing all these rallies, it's like, there has to be a better way. There has to be a more efficient way to get your message across. And it turns out being young and smart and familiar with games, obviously obviously she loves League of Legends, just realizing like, oh, I can just stream Among Us and reach a whole new audience. It's incredibly smart to see people beating the system in this small way to get her message out there. Kevin, I just dropped a link in there as well, right? Like one of the... Sorry, what was it? I said you sure did, boss man. Sorry. Okay, no. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Ilhan Omar did, right, is put in a image of her at her PC working on yeah. this in a campaign headquarters, right? But then also quote tweet it and put in the actual specs of her computer. And I bet and that, that has more engagement than eighty percent of her tweets. You know. Right. And again, like, you know, this is the brave new world. But again, what we're talking about, and I think what AOC nails and what Ilhan does, because I follow her on Twitter as well, nails is, again, what I already talked about. And what I I think we do is you and me, Ben, and everybody who's successful right now on YouTube, podcasting, whatever, is authenticity, right? Like when we did last week on Friday, when we debuted Joe Biden's Animal Crossing Island, right? And again, the Biden campaign's Animal Crossing Island. The main thing people wanted to attack was like, oh, so Biden built this island. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, no, Joe Biden has no fucking idea what Animal Crossing is, (laughs) but his campaign does and they want to engage. And so like that, you know, as as much praise as that island got, it got equal cringe, cringe. This is so terrible to see AOC and Ilhan engaging in an authentic, real way of like, as I'm talking about these specs, right, Kevin, like the Hmm, sorry, I'm not finding the link. It's it's at the end of the story right now. So AOC, uh, right before the question uh, I have, it's right yep. there. Uh, you know, this is the authentic way of like, no, this is my PC and this is what I do. And like you're talking about all the technical flaws, like they didn't hide wow. the fact that they were new to the game as, you know, I, Dr. Lupo was going through. And as I watched, I would say not all of it by any stress of imagination, but I would probably watch 30, 30 minutes of it, 40 minutes of it. I came in and we were had a pizza while we were doing it and we went and played games. But it was this idea of them being 
in there with real streamers who in the same way when i i did a stream that's up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh my first uh among us stream and it was andy being like all right clearly greg doesn't know what he's doing so we'll like pull punches on what's going on it was the same thing here yeah it's so weird too to see just how people in congress engage in this and everyone's like you know every politician lies yada yada and now here's a game where you actually get to see how well a politician can lie like, mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. ever seen that gamified before in the history of American politics? It's wild. And so it's fascinating to, like, hear AOC be completely fooled by Ilhan. Like, oh, she's such an amazing liar. Who would have known know, right? it? And, and AOC, you know, ended up being the imposter in the first game and made it very clear that she's not a great liar. She had a tough time with that. Uh Scotus, maybe Scotus, writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Hey, KFGD crew, hope you are having an excellent morning. With AOC and Ilhan Omar playing Among Us with other streamers on Twitch last night, I couldn't help but be reminded of the time Ninja and Drake played Fortnite on stream. So my question is, what was the bigger moment for Twitch slash live streaming as a platform in general? AOC slash Among Us or Drake slash Ninja slash Fortnite? Have a kick-ass Wednesday, Scotus or Scotus or whatever. Ben, which do you think mattered more? And he's, or I should say, they are putting this around streaming, which is a bigger streaming moment for the streaming platform. But in general, when you say bigger moment, what do you think it is? God, I think probably the Drake Ninja thing, just for being connected to the game. And obviously this will bring Among Us up to even yet another tier, but I think that was such a good launching point for Fortnite and I think a wider you know, knowledge of uh, Ninja for a lot of folks. So... I guess we'll see. It's just so fresh and hot off the presses. It's totally. tough to tell what kind of impact this is going to have. But that said, I mean, I could see more politicians doing more streaming in the future. I'm sure yeah. they can't look at these numbers and not come back to this at some point. You know, I know that last year AOC was a guest on somebody's Twitch stream. Do you remember this one where it was I Donkey do, Kong 64? Yeah, she like popped up. She was like just tweeted or something, right? Like, oh, I'll join or whatever, and popped up on it or something. Yeah, yeah, and it was, uh, you know, for trans rights. It was just amazing. Like, I genuinely cried watching that stream because I got so emotional. Like, this is something that I've never seen. Somebody around my age engaging with a medium that I know so well. She was yeah. talking about how much she loves Pokemon Snap on that stream. It that felt to me like a watershed moment, but maybe less for Twitch and more just that realization of like, oh, our generation's in power now. I think that's the thing about the question in a bigger moment, which I know I'm generalizing a bit from your question, Scott. It's this for the platform for for the platform of Twitch. Drake and Ninja was bigger. That was, I think, so many people's first interpretation of wait, what is this? People are they watch video games, they play video games. Like you're bringing it had you know so many crazy viewers as we already talked about more than six hundred thousand. Like that was one of those wait, everybody stop and what's going on here. This is a bigger moment in terms of exactly what you said, Ben, of, hey, there's a serious thing of the the serious nature of politics. But then again, politicians can be human beings and they do play what you like. I think, you know, I went on Venn last week and was talking about uh, gamers.vote where you can go register to vote and find out how to vote and make a plan and all that jazz. And it's nonpartisan. Um, But I was asked why I was doing it and why I've, you know, been more vocal than ever about this. And outside of my political beliefs, it's this idea that, well, I think when we sit there and allow people to say voting's not cool and then only see voting represented by old people or you know, you know adults in quotes, people who have nothing to do with the things we're interested in, then yeah. you sit there and go, oh, well, that's lame and it's not for me and it's blah, blah, blah. When in reality, it's totally for you and everybody should be doing it and all these different things. And to see representation of a gamer who can then go to uh, Congress, can go to the House, can go to the presidency, like... That's what people need in the same way representation matters everywhere. It's this idea of, no, no, they're well-rounded individuals who have other interests other than just passing a policy bill or arguing on the floor or whatever you want to say about politics. Yeah, and just knowing that they will have some something to add to the discussion next time Silicon Valley, you know, is in Congress instead of just, oh, can you help me with my iPhone real quick, Mr. Google? <laughs> I mean, it's just a nightmare every time just knowing like, okay, there is that fresh generation on the way. At least they will understand the tech of how this stuff works. Right, and you've already seen that with AOC, right? Trying to pass uh, uh, legislation about Twitch and about if uh, the army should be able to, you know, yeah. uh, go out there and recruit on it and stuff like that. So, fascinating, interesting times where, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Of like, it seems like our generation is finally rising up, which sounds like we're taking over everything. But you know what I mean? Like, it's finally being represented, and it's super yeah, cool. Absolutely. 
Uh, number two, less great news for Twitch. Uh, Twitch has purged thousands of videos on the service. This is James Bachelor, GamesIndustry.biz. Twitch has deleted thousands of videos and clips from streamers' archives as it clamps down on the use of copyrighted music. Esports journalist Rod Slasher Breslau, I always call him Slasher. Breslau probably is right. Uh, <laughs> reports that hundreds of Twitch partners have received emails regarding DMC takedown notifications. But where the site would have previously issued warnings, it has already taken action. Quote, we are writing to inform you that your channel was subject to one or more of these of these DMCA takedown notifications and that the content identified has been deleted, the email reads. We recognize that by deleting this content, we are not giving you the option to file a counter notification or seek a retraction from the rights holder. In consideration of this, we have processed these notifications and are issuing you a one-time warning to give you the chance to learn about copyright law and the tools available to manage the content on your channel, end quote. Kotaku reports that elsewhere in the email, Twitch encourages streamers to delete additional videos that contain copyrighted material, although it does not identify which clips may be in violation. Twitch has even created a tool that enables streamers to delete all their previous videos, although content creators have not responded positively to this. The site has also uh, recently created the Soundtrack by Twitch feature, which gives streamers access to a library of approved music for use in their broadcasts. A Twitch spokesperson told Kotaku the action was taken in response to, quote, thousands of requests from music labels and rights holders, adding, Twitch is required to process these notifications and notify streamers and take action against repeat infringers by law, end quote. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? This is then the thing, right? Like, I remember when... This isn't the first time around when Twitch started uh, automatically blocking music and things. People were freaking out of like the wild west of Twitch is over. And you you sit here and you read this and you go, man, that's lame. And full disclosure, kind of funny, got the email of like, hey, we deleted a bunch of videos from your archive. And it's that thing of like, oh, man, that sucks. More of the thing, of, I don't want to get banned. Like this is like what what video have we watched on in Internet Explorers or played a song, Rock and Robin on an in review? Like is that yeah. what's getting us like – how do you go through and manage all that stuff? Because there's such a difference in using fair use stuff in a stupid bit versus somebody who's just playing Taylor Swift's album over and over again. Right, right. And the part that bums me out too is just trying to figure out which games are getting closer and closer just off limits for streaming. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. streaming Tony Hawk. We tried to have a big celebration on Tony Hawk, go back and stream some old games. Uh, a nightmare just got nuked to hell on Twitch naturally. There's, you know, one of my favorite games of all time, Beatles Rock Band. It's like, I just can't play that Not on the internet anywhere. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the FBI will kick down my door as far as I understand. <laughs> uh, and then it's so crazy stuff like Twitch Sings, which is created by Twitch. Even those archives are nuked, and I'm not that great of a singer, but still, it's like, it's just so all over the place. I don't know which games are fair game at this point. Yeah, and I, that's what I think about too. You know, Extra Life last year, uh, Gary and Andy were singing karaoke, right? They did uh, Elton John. I guess that's why they call it the blues. And it's like, is that would technically be a violation, right? Because we're singing that song. And like, are they out there to get that and do whatever? It's like, this is all lame, but this is also the realities of being an adult and being content creators and mo monetizing all this and using it in a business sense. It sucks, but I get it. It's just now this headache of like, ugh. Every time we do something goofy, do we have to worry about that and what's been cleared and what hasn't been cleared? Like watching trailers in general is always so terrifying. Of like yeah. on shows, we're like, all right, let's watch this trailer. You're like, wait, is this going to get us claimed? Is this going to get us blocked in New Zealand? Like, how's that going to go? But you roll the dice sometimes. Yeah, what a mess. I mean, YouTube's a whole different discussion, but it's still just fascinating because we put B roll in the video version of our podcast where the games we're talking about. And sometimes it's like we'll have 40 seconds of some DMC footage in there. And it's like, yep, Capcom has demonetized the entire video because of that. It's like, God, mm -hmm. it's just these little things out of the blue you would never think of over and over and over again. We'll see how it pans out, but heads up if your Twitch videos are getting deleted. Also remember, we put everything on YouTube. Go there, youtube.com. <laughs> uh, number three, we have some Fortnite news for you. The first one's boring, but it's for all you ooh, PC dorks. PC file size is dropping. <laughs> Fortnite status tweeted, please note, the patch size will be larger than normal on PC, approximately 27 gigabytes. This is to make optimizations on PC, resulting in a massively reduced Fortnite file size, parentheses over 60 gigabytes smaller. Smaller downloads for future patches and improved loading performance. Uh, when GameSpot reported on this, uh, they put out, for context, we checked our own file size. Why are you stealing the dog? What are you doing with the dog? All right, anal glands. Uh, GameSpot reports, for context, we checked... <laughs> What? Did you I'm say sorry? anal glands, huh? I said anal glands, yeah. Jen's snatching up Pori. I was like, 
I don't like when Jen's in there doing a pop agenda meeting and they want to see the dog, and so she steals the dog and takes him in there. Yeah, he's our but she's king. Taking, yeah. She's taking him to the vet right now because he's got to get his heartworm tests, he's got to get a refill on meds, and then, yeah, he's got to get his anal glands expressed. Huh. You ever Sounds express like an anal gland? Yeah. <laughs> Will they take that now? Will they get a DMC <laughs> on taking it? Can we not express uh, an anus on Twitch anymore? Yeah, I got to what, what happened to freedom? <laughs> what happened to the internet? <laughs> Back to GameSpot. They report, for context, we checked on our own file size and the game took up almost 90 gigabytes on PC prior to this patch. After the patch, it weighed in at 26.88 gigabytes. So good on you, Fortnite, for going in and lessening that size. Obviously, such a, you've seen, we've seen more and more uh, games start to do this. Obviously, Warframe, uh, what they call it, the Smallening or something. They had a funny name for it. Yeah. Hell yeah, go get it. Yeah, like when do the engineers get this much of a headline? You know, it's a nice positive headline for engineers out there and you know, more the tech team and development teams. It's like, hey, way to go, guys. You really pulled something off here. And again, it's going to, you know, I saw, I think GameSpot's article goes on to actually, you know, talk about like, this is something obviously you need to see more of, especially as we get to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, right? Because this is very specifically the PC thing, but you talk about these systems and they're one terabyte in there or whatever and how quickly that's going to go with games that are, if they're getting bigger and bigger in sizes. Yeah, absolutely. Super important. Now, that's enough dorky Fortnite news for you. Here's some great <laughs> Fortnite news for you. Uh, Ghost Rider, there's been an update to Fortnite, right? That's what the PC thing's talking about. But then this, from the insides of it, right? They di- dialed in Ghost Rider, Ant-Man, and the Ghostbusters are coming to Fortnite. Uh, Ant-Man and Ghost Rider, of course, part of the Marvel season, yada, yada, yada. But leakers have found code names for Ghostbuster costumes and challenges. And then, Kevin, I have a link here. I didn't point it out, say, so you shouldn't have it pulled up already. But Ecto-1 is in the game if you want to click on that, Kevin. Uh, When all the news was breaking of like, oh, man, they're pulling from it. Looks like Ghostbuster costumes are going to be available. This is going to be rad. On top of that, uh, I guess already in the patch, you can go find uh, the Ecto-1, very much like uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, parked in. I think it was Cozy Cove with a giant uh, tarp over it. But clearly the Ecto underneath it, just like Ghostbusters Afterlife. So very exciting. When are these Ghostbuster costumes dropping? We don't know, but very exciting, Ben. Oh my gosh. Are you, is this just a dream come true? Like, what do you want from this experience? Lay it out. Give me the best case scenario. I mean, I would love if the next season was, you know, I had the Marvel season. Great. If I could just have an entire Ghostbusters season, I'd be even better. But like, I know that's impossible. Uh, No, from what they showed or not even showed what all the leakers are saying, right? Of like Ghostbuster costumes for the characters. Perfect. Like, yes, you're going to get all my money. Don't worry about it. Then there was somebody found or pulled the Ghostbusters challenge, which is I collect spores, molds, and funguses. Of course, uh, Egon quote from Ghostbusters one of, you know, go and eat the the uh, mushrooms the blue mushrooms or whatever this many times so if there's ghostbuster suits and then you that i'm gonna buy and then you figure there's gonna be challenges for them i wonder if they become the cosmetic challenges that'll give me a slimer pet you know a, a proton pack or i guess it would be a neutrona one pickaxe stuff like that like yeah give it all to me you know what i mean yeah. fortnite is the I, I tell you what fortnite is the game i just keep putting money into and then playing a little bit of like, I, I was so gung-ho for the Marvel season, still am, but then Avengers came, like, a week later, and Avengers dominated all my time, and now it's, you know, now we're into reviews for next gen and the review period for the fall in general, so it's like, I know I'm running out of time to go back to Fortnite and un- unlock Wolverine and do all the other challenges there, but you're putting Ghostbusters in, God damn it, I'm going to pick it up and buy it. Yeah, it's so fascinating to see, like, the marketing continue to trickle out uh, when all other timelines and media you know deadlines and release dates have just been thrown out the window like do you think this was supposed to time up with ghostbusters afterlife a little bit and now it's like well here it is afterlife is what next year and big yeah, clear? That, well, yeah we'll see yeah it's supposed to be next year now yeah march i believe of next year i don't think so that it was going to time out with that necessarily the fact that they have the car and maybe like maybe because it would have been this summer maybe they would have done it then but i think it's more the fact of just like it's halloween you saw of course rocket league repackage their ghostbusters content and that's that last week obviously Ghostbusters right. had already come and gone now that's back there i think it's just it makes sense for you know your spooky season or whatever and for halloween stuff there but yeah the fact that it is the afterlife car you assume that yeah that must have been they were trying to get that in for the summer or once it got pushed like oh well now this time's out better we can get this and get you know do what we're supposed to do yeah uh okay lock it down i'm, I'm sure you've already done this you've talked about everything in your brain i'm sure lock it down what do you think the rotten tomato score will be for ghostbusters afterlife Hang on, I'm gonna get a number two. We'll say it on the count of three. Uh, okay, oh, got okay, okay, okay. All right, one, two. Are we going three. on three or are we going go? Well, I can't physically do it on three, so we'll do it. Okay, okay. that makes sense. All right, that okay, makes sense. That makes sense. One, two, three, sixty-one. Eighty-five. Oh my god! 
<laughs> Look, I love Jason Reitman. I think there's going to yeah. be a lot of people that are from the critic circle is going to be like, okay, Reitman, finally giving into the family legacy. You made a fine film. I think it's going to be somewhere in that window. Oh, no. That's oh, not a failure. No, I, you know, no, I know. That's, that's the thing is I don't what. use Rotten Tomatoes enough to actually know how it always nets out. Hold on. I'm more of a video game Metacritic man, so I, that's yeah. where I'm going off of. I mean, 85? Borat's got an 84. Fuck off if we get less than that for <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. There's no hey, Bill Murray movie on the rocks. Yeah, no one's uh, talking about that. My thing, my thing with it, right, is like, I feel like it's going to, the, I don't know. Look, How much of a Ghostbusters fan are you, Ben? Uh, I loved it as a kid. I don't think I've seen them probably in 15 years. Wow. God, that's crazy. Uh, for me with it, I think it's going to be a modern interpretation of it and i don't because i don't know if we're ever going to see the kids in it put on jumpsuits i don't think i don't i think the only jumpsuits you possibly see with them are going to be maybe paul rudd puts on one and then when the originals come back maybe at the end they're doing that like it's such a weird thing where i and granted we've seen what a trailer for it, some entertainment weekly photos like there's so much we don't know about this movie which is good until yeah. we get it but it's the idea of I think it's going to be this more modern interpretation take on the Ghostbusters that isn't so much on them being a business and doing all this stuff. And I think it's going to tug at your heartstrings. I think it's really going to play into the death of Harold Ramis and that's the death of Egon and the thing. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those bittersweet, but uplifting. And it's like, it's definitely going to be, I think the cast's goodbye to Harold Ramis on the screen. And I think that gets at points, let alone the fact that I think it's going to be in interesting entry point for people who are not huge ghostbuster fans like me and have multiple jumpsuits and proton packs i think it'll be like a hey this is these kids learning about what ghostbusters are it's been especially for somebody like you that you know it's not like something you think about all that often like i think the idea that they have of like you know we've seen paul rudd with the trap and explaining like what, the go they were this they were the walking dead and then they just disappeared right like it's a world that doesn't know the ghostbusters right right yeah i wonder i wonder if they're even going to push it's going to have too much heart too much of the story of the kids and it'll be dinged for that in some ways you know i'm thinking about i don't know that my mind jumped to like the where the wild things are movie where it's like mm. it's cool not really satisfying on the where the wild things front is but it sets sure. a different tone and so maybe reitman is going to be like well i'm going to differentiate things by not just making it the ultimate piece of fan service we think a lot of fans are hoping for and there's probably going to be a lot more of those kids lives and the kids drama than i think people are bracing See, for that's what i think is going to be that's what i want like okay, I okay. honestly, if they would have said like I, I, the fact they even got like Annie Potts back for it is like okay, how are you doing this? And I'm thinking maybe it's just the final scenes, maybe it's a memorial to Egon, maybe I still I've said this on multiple podcasts, and I love the fact that you asked this, and now Games Daily's just become a Ghostbusters podcast. <laughs> Why not? My prediction is that for whatever the ending is, it is very much Egon's spirit helping them save the day or whatever. Where I think I don't know if it's going to be we get it from the the back of just they they beat whatever it is like because I always think of because this is very much tied to Ghostbusters one right yeah. Shandor mine Evo Shandor it's very much the who was bringing about Gozer and they made such a big deal of the door swings both ways in Ghostbusters one that I really feel they're going to have that moment where whatever they're doing they blow up the door and they seal it all up but they'll have that moment where like the white light pours out instead of the greens and, or the purples and darks, right? The white light pours out and you get Egon walking out with his boots and it'll be a shot from behind of him and they're going to be like, oh my God, Egon. And maybe they get to hug him. Maybe it's just his daughter. I had Steve Zaragoza on We Have Cool Friends this week, actually, youtube.com slash kind of funny. And he's a huge Ghostbusters fan. And his thought process was that, you know, it's about Egon's daughter being estranged from him because like what we've seen in the trailer, she's not like into this stuff. Yeah. That it's going to be maybe she goes through to the other side. And she comes back and they're going to be like, did you did you talk to Egon? She's like, yeah. He, and he, Steve was like, yeah, he's good. Or this, you know, and like have that kind of moment. But I feel Is like this gonna have... the, the onward moment if you saw that Pixar film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's that's smart. I don't know if I put it past him, though. I, I feel like I'm being too negative. I'm looking forward to this movie a lot. I'm not trying to be a, a dick about all these things, but I, I, I don't know if I put it past him not to have the full CG ghost egon in there like, see I, I, that's about that's tasteless i think that that's where you fuck it up and like everybody's like ah you know what i mean i think like yeah. especially for it to be the original cast like it is that thing of like how do you have and i mean like bill murray has a lot of personal stuff there of you know uh, being estranged from harold ramus and then right. making peace right before he died like i think that's a bridge too far which is why even with my he walks through the door i think it's always shot from the back or his, the heels so. of his boots or something and then Got maybe it, you yeah. get that cartoon that we've all seen on Twitter of like Slimer walking him 
you know, like him and Slimer walking. But like, even that's way too hokey. And this is why I don't make movies, but I feel that's the narrative it is. And like, again, I think it's, this is very much them trying to say, I don't even know if it's going to be Ghostbusters Afterlife starts building to a Ghostbusters 4. I, they've talked about the multiverse so many times and what they want to do with the animated oh, show. Right. I think yeah. I think this is more maybe trying to actually give the Ghostbusters 84 universe closure. We got a long time to wait, sadly. If Jason Reitman wants to just send me the film, that'd be great. I know you have it. I know it's done. Yeah. Just send what it else are you me. doing with it? Let somebody make some tweaks to it, like you. No, no, I don't want tweaks. I just want to watch it. I just want to watch it. You don't know oh, uh, I had a question in here about uh, from Wispa, patreon.com slash games, which was basically, with the seemingly never-ending collabs between Fortnite and pop culture franchises, how do you see this continuing? And do you think they need to continue collabs to keep people coming back? Uh, obviously, we're again, we're in the heat of the Marvel season right now. They're bringing Ghostbusters in. When I tweeted about it today, somebody's like, oh, so this is just Ready Player One, the video game now. And that's all really interesting points. Like, do you think I, I Fortnite obviously this is the biggest game going? I think that now that they've done this with Marvel, really no door is closed to them, Ben. I think they should they're able to do whatever they want now. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And look, it's keeping you going. It's good headlines. There is a part of me, like with the Avengers stuff or the Marvel stuff, and then also with Ghostbusters, like maybe I should check it out. Maybe this is my opportunity to get back into Fortnite. And so if I'm nearing that threshold, I'm sure. Thousands and thousands of people are crossing that threshold. And so all it would take is a big Jurassic Park event and I'd be in there. Like, done yeah. deal. God I'm sure it'll happen when World 3 comes out. Of course. Uh, real quick, too, I just want to remind everybody here on Kind of Funny, we are a positive community. We don't want assholes. If you're an asshole, we don't want your money. So in the chat right now, someone named Andy Cortez says, hey, does this channel talk about video games anymore? Andy Cortez, <laughs> I am timing you out right now for 10 minutes. Yeah. I want you to think about what you've Punish done. Punish him. Think about Punish what you've done. Him. And then we'll decide if you get paid ever again. <laughs> Punish him. Number four, Ubisoft Connect has been announced. This isn't an event. This is Matt T. M. Kim at IGN. Uh, Ubisoft has announced Ubisoft Connect, a new player service that combines and expands upon its two existing digital services, Uplay and Ubisoft Club. Players will be able to track their progress in any Ubisoft game while earning exclusive rewards through its loyalty program. Ubisoft Connect is a new universal interface that will be available on all platforms and work with all Ubisoft games, starting with Watch Dogs Legion. With a single button press, players will be able to pull up a refreshed in-game overlay on PC and consoles that features all your standard overlay toolkits. Track your activity, see which friends are online, and check in on a game's community. Ubisoft Connect will also provide smart intel, which is a feature that delivers gameplay tips and videos based on a player's game activities, not unlike the new game help feature in PS5's UI. Also included is a points-based reward service where players can tackle time, limited, and community challenges to earn rewards and then exchange the earned points for exclusive digital goods. These can be cosmetic like skins or weapons or also XP buffs. Ubisoft Connect will also fully embrace cross-platform features including full cross-progression, cross-platform friend lists, and stats and leaderboards. At launch, Ubisoft will unlock over 1,000 legacy Ubisoft Club rewards for free to all players so that more rewards can be introduced through Ubisoft Connect. Ubisoft Connect will be available on <gasps> Windows, Xbox One, Xbox X slash Series S, uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Nintendo Switch, and it will be released on October 29th with Watch Dogs Legion. Ben, a lot in there. Does it get a you going? Uh, it does. Just It's nice to hear publishers kind of bracing for more crossplay in the future kind of tearing down some barriers so on that level yes it does get me a little bit excited about okay next generation people are preparing to just have it all be one friendly ecosystem right yeah yeah that i think that you play and all and ubisoft club and all the stuff they've ever done before is all interchangeable and i don't hate it i you know in, in odyssey especially it would be cool to jump jump in and be like oh I have like 500 UB points or coins or whatever the hell they were, and I can spend it on this outfit or that thing or this weapon pack. Neat. And I just got that stuff and moved on. The paragraph here of Ubisoft Connect will also embrace uh, cross-platform features, including full cross-progression, cross-platform friendless, and stats and leaderboards. That's what gets me interested. Because yeah. is this them saying going forward that cross-progression means that I, you know, as Gary was always talking about, he can bring over his Xbox progression on the Division 2 now to PlayStation 4 or 5 and play with me over there and vice versa. Like, that's what I want out of them. Yeah, we'll see for sure. Uh, yep. The naming, the Ubisoft Connect. I, it's tough to keep track of all this stuff. The names are totally. all over the place. So forward are their events. And then even just, was it, EA 
was it EA Play Desktop? EA Desktop is the new origin name. Trying to keep track of all this stuff is just a nightmare. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. And I, it's I'm good on them. Go get them. But it was even when I was reading this, I'm like, oh, you mean you play? And they're like, oh, no, it's not you play anymore. It's Ubisoft Club. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I can't do it. I don't know. But this sounds cool. Whatever. Go get it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number five, a quick one for you. Uh, Devolver Digital has bought Serious Sam developer Crow Team. This is, uh, I'm reading from the Devolver blog. Since the Crow Team and Devolver Digital have partnered on dozens of games, from the frantic Serious Sam series to the award-winning uh, The Talos Principle across PC, console, VR, and mobile platforms, Crow Team and Devolver, Devolver Digital have been dating for so long that we decided to go ahead and just get married. Devolver has acquired Crow Team, or maybe Crow Team has acquired Devolver. Who could really know at this point in the relationship? <laughs> What's certain is that our future together is ultra exciting with new projects like the Talos Principle 2, more serious Sam games, and original IP from Crow Team and the Crow Team Incubator Studios. Crow Team will, of course, keep total creative freedom, and Devolver Digital gets to keep making dumb recommendations that Crow Team just ignores. We prefer it that way. Both companies are thrilled to share this news and hope that you're as excited about our future together as we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, buy Serious Sam 4 on Steam or Stadia. It's got a chainsaw rocket launcher. Hmm. Interesting. Devolver making the, moves out there. Yeah. Is this a uh, pure Fall Guys money? They got that sweet Fall Guys money and immediately we're like laser locked <laughs> on who can we buy? They should have gone for Media Tonic then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they're out of their price range at this point. That Yeah, now they know. They've got a tiger by the tail, right? I'm sure that those negotiations have uh, definitely cranked up on how much Media Tonic would go for. Yeah, yeah, this is more of a shout out to, you know, congratulations and keep your eye on what Devolver's doing over there and Crow Team, obviously. But like Serious Sam and Talos Principle were never my jams, but go get them. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you watched any of Ars Technica's War Stories. They had this YouTube series about uh, video game history and just moments in, in video games with developers. They're really excellent. Uh, and they had one on Serious Sam 1 with Crow Team. And they had an interesting tidbit in there where they talked about how important the success of Serious Sam was tied to Old Man Murray and Eric Wolpaw, who's now at Valve, Portal writer. Yeah. Because back on his Old Man Murray blog, he was one of the first people to play the Serious Sam demo and like get it out to the rest of the world. They're like, seriously, this game is amazing. Please check it out. So it's so fun to see Crow Team oh, be awesome. like, and tip of the cap, of course, to Eric Wolpaw for getting us <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> oh, that's, that's rad. All right, cool. I did, I did not know that at all. And then the final story of the week. Or no, no, the day. This is, God, I wish it was Friday. Uh, number number six on the Roper Report, it's a no-brainer. Sucker Punch apparently might be hiring for Ghost of Tsushima 2. This is Alessandro Barbosa at GameSpot. Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch hasn't yet announced what it's working on next, but a new job listing suggests that the studio might stick with its new IP for the foreseeable future. The job listing for a narrative writer makes two mentions of Feudal Japan, requesting that applicants have an interest in the history of the era and have a desire to write stories for it. This suggests that Sucker Punch is either working on additional content for its PlayStation exclusive or are preparing to start work on a sequel. I would assume 100%, Ben, it is the sequel, yes? Yes, going to mainland Japan, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, or they, there's another... I remember when we were talking to Nate about it, he was saying that there is another... They this is you know based on some f the history that there's there is another invasion coming I think for Tsushima that they might actually have uh, oh interesting. that that would be something you could go from obviously they could go to mainland Japan as well why so you uh, probably would why put this in there do you think they just want to get it out there that like this is where we're going is it really recruiting that many more people can't you just during the job interview bring up like by the way are you into feudal Japan it doesn't seem like a necessary gate right. No, it's. It, I can see it either way. Where if you were to come in and they, they're like, "Oh, and you're gonna write Feudal Japan," you're like, "Oh, I don't know anything about that." And I guess then be a complete asshole and be like, "And I don't care." <laughs> that would <laughs> be always hated Feudal Japan. Man, you've made it this far. We think you're a great. You, there's a lot of potential in you as a video game writer. You, what do you think? I hate Feudal Japan, and I will never write about it. Oh, fuck. All right, well, shit. <laughs> like, I guess it speaks to like they want like that authenticity, and they'd love it if you have a history behind it already. Like. It's some it's somewhat of a you know checklist in there, but yeah, it's a it's not weird to put in there. I think sometimes in terms of video games, uh, developers and publishers are always way too protective of what they're trying to work on next. Like, yes. yeah, clearly, clearly, you're gonna make a Ghost of Tsushima too, right? Like, and like it could be that you're adding new content to Legends or you're adding new content to uh, Ghost, but I think number two makes way more sense as you get rolling. Yeah, they'll be sticking with it for a while here. And I remember those those fun there were those fun stories. Uh, when they first revealed uh, the first Ghost of Tsushima, uh, where Shu, I think, told the story somewhere, I forget where it was, about how they were, they had a 
scouting team checking out Tsushima, taking pictures, all that stuff. And then apparently a local newspaper in Tsushima actually wrote about it. Like, oh, this crazy team from Sucker Punch is exploring our yeah, island. Yeah. And they just had to like pray that that story didn't get out there. But I'm with you. Everything's too secretive in the game industry. Go ahead and let that, let everybody just kind of soak in the idea of what's coming up in the future here. Uh, I usually save the, of course, your wrongs for the end of the show, but Nanobiologist writes in right now confirming and giving us some context for this. Uh, Greg, you are correct. There was a second invasion that also hint that is also Ooh. hinted at in-game. He's uh, quoting uh, CBR.com here right now. However, history also provides the perfect opportunity for a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. About seven years later, in early 1281, a second Mongol invasion of Japan began. Tsushima was attacked once again, and the invading fleet also managed to conquer other areas of Japan. The second invasion could serve as a great backdrop to the sequel, especially because this invasion spread to new areas, which could allow Sucker Punch to expand the game world. There you have it. I love the idea of executives at Sony crossing their fingers as they look at the research, like, oh, I hope those Mongols kept invading. We got to get the storyline <laughs> well, going. Pick a historical event, but make sure you can sequelize it. They're like, oh, got it. And there's two, Tsushima and Japan invasions. And then Ryan T, also, Ryan T has a you're wrong that I'll get in here too for Devolver. Uh, Greg, you mentioned Devolver buying Serious Sam, but let's not forget the most important news with Devolver this week. They blocked Blessing on Twitter. That's a great point. Thank oh, you very interesting. Much. Yeah, okay. Blessing was speaking. Out of turn, Ben, and somebody had to shut him down, and I was glad Devolver was brave enough to do it. I was glad Spirit Halloween was brave enough to do it. And we'll <sighs> leave it at that, because we're not going to get into the get, weeds here. Not you know? touch Actually, it. let's cleanse our palate and let me tell you about our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to be part of the show, get the exclusive post show we do, and get every episode ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, today's sponsor is Old Spice. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is sponsored by Old Space, Old Spice Below Decked. Just because everyone gets a sweaty uh, crotch or inner thigh chafing doesn't mean you have to go through life with a sweaty crotch or inner, inner thigh chafing. That's great. That's a good point. Uh, kind of Funny loves Old Spice. Uh, of course, I'm Greg Miller, and I use Old Spice deodorant each and every day. I use the palm tree one, or the Fiji one. It's the white uh, the white uh, deodorant, and then it's got the red label that says Fiji on it. Um, Prove it. Show us your armpits. Well, that you won't see the deodorant then. Just, I mean, I just go, we'll get the oh, idea. We can show imagine the armpits. It. Oh, wow. That is the uh, old spiciest armpit I've ever seen. You know, right? Uh, old Spice has new below deck powder spray to help you feel drier and cleaner down below and new below deck anti-chafe stick to help prevent inner thigh chafing. Available in the family planning aisle at Walmart or online at walmart.com slash Old Spice below deck. Thank you, Old Spice, for sponsoring this episode and making me smell good from the armpits because let me tell you, it is an uphill battle over there. <laughs> ben. I'm excited to go to the family planning aisle at Walmart and pick up this new Old Spice product, but me getting to a Walmart is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? Oh my gosh. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Oh, thank you, Ben. Oh, thank you. Out today, uh, Nintendo Versus reports a new version 9.0.1 of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate will arrive today. Uh, this update will include fighter adjustments, meaning replay data from previous versions will be incompatible. Convert your replays by going to Vault, Replays, Replay Data, Convert the Video Before Updating. Imran Khan, of course, a friend of yours, Ben, former game That's informer, right. pointed out on Twitter, this is probably about Steve's dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is probably the update that will make it so it doesn't look like he has a throbbing erection when he wins at the end of the game. Who would have known? If I just had one glimpse into the future and what 2020 would hold, I wish I just knew, well, this Smash update is about fixing Steve's dick. Somebody's got to. They've got to get in there and get that out of there. Uh, <laughs> in terms of more games, though, Scourge Bringers coming Xbox One, Switch, and PC today. Rusty Spout Rescue Adventure on Xbox One. Horus on Switch. Uppers on PC. A Tale of Paper on PlayStation 4. Bullet Beat on Switch. Tenderfoot Tactics on PC. PC, Beyond the Wire on PC, uh, Hub Date is now on PlayStation and Xbox, uh, Kingdoms, or no, Kingdom of Heroes, Tactics War launches its October update, PUBG Season 9 is out on PC, and then a free Kirby Fighters 2 demo is also available on your Nintendo Switch. New dates for you. Brawl Chess is going to launch on Nintendo Switch and Xbox One on November 26th on PC uh on 2020 i'm sorry hold on, let me try this again switching xbox one for brawl chess november 26th then it's coming to pc 2021 autobahn police simulator 2 will release on november 4th for the xbox one and those are your new dates ladies and gentlemen ben beautiful we ask people who want to play video games with each other to write in 
to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Give me their name, username, platform of choice, and why they need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find them, and everybody plays games together. Today, Tiki Worshipper needs help on PlayStation 4. Tiki Worshipper's PSN is Tiki Worshipper. Tiki Worshipper writes, Hey, guys. I'm looking for some best friends who want to play the Legends update in Ghost of Tsushima. I've been playing around in it for a bit, but I think it would be immeasurably better with some peeps to play with instead of some randos. My schedule is pretty sporadic, but you can usually find me online on weekdays or weekend afternoons, mountain time. If you want to play Ghost of Tsushima Legends with the Tiki Worshipper, hit up Tiki Worshipper on PlayStation 4. I think that's a record for the amount of times I've said Tiki Worshipper. It's a very good name. It is a really good name. Uh, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong is where the live viewers send the corrections. We've already had a bunch, such as Blessing is blocked by Devolver and sucks. Uh, John BX32 also writes in, though, to say, Sea of Thieves' next free content update is Fate of the Damned. It's out October 28th. So a new date we missed there. But other than that, nailed it. Crushed the show, Ben. Perfect. Uh Ben, I'm going to keep you, obviously. you got to do the post show with me. I want to talk to you about next gen, where your hype levels are, what you're excited for, where we're going uh, you know, in the future with these things. But before then, where can people keep up with you? Oh, you can listen to the MinMax Show podcast. That's the easiest place. Kind of the hub for all of our content. Or you can go to patreon.com slash minmax2ends, of course, to figure out what we're all about. Or check out our documentary on the Oregon Trail. Uh, it's it's a tight 22 minutes. Uh, I'm really proud of it. I think it's a great look at the history of the Oregon Trail going back to 1971. So you can find that on our YouTube channel or that URL, Greg, was... Kindoffunny.com slash Oregon Trail. There we go. Perfect. We'd appreciate the support. Thanks so much, everybody. Remember, everybody, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free, and you can get the exclusive post-show we're about to do. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. Watch live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roostreet.com. Listen on podcast services around the globe tomorrow tim will be in the host chair with me sitting shotgun and then friday it's going to be me and the man blocked by spirit halloween blessing <laughs> at Yoye jr we got a post show to do but until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you <laughs>